You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by The Book Guide. I began writing this book shortly after the end of my presidency. After Michelle and I had boarded Air Force One for the last time and traveled west, for a long-deferred break. The mood on the plane was bittersweet. Both of us were drained, physically and emotionally. Not only by the labors of the previous eight years, but by the unexpected results of an election in which someone diametrically opposed to everything we stood for had been chosen as my successor. Still, having run our leg of the race to completion, we took satisfaction in knowing that we'd done our very best, and that however much I'd fallen short as president, whatever projects I'd hoped but failed to accomplish, the country was in better shape now than it had been when I'd started. For a month, Michelle and I slept late, ate leisurely dinners, went for long walks, swam in the ocean, took stock, replenished our friendship, rediscovered our love, and planned for a less eventful but hopefully no less satisfying second act. And by the time I was ready to get back to work and sat down with a pen and yellow pad, I still like writing things out in longhand, finding that a computer gives even my roughest drafts too smooth a gloss and lends half-baked thoughts the mask of tidiness. I had a clear outline of the book in my head. First and foremost, I hoped to give an honest rendering of my time in office, not just a historical record of key events that happened on my watch and important figures with whom I interacted, but also an account of some of the political, economic, and cultural cross-currents that helped determine the challenges my administration faced and the choices my team and I made in response. Where possible, I wanted to offer readers a sense of what it's like to be the President of the United States. I wanted to pull the curtain back a bit and remind people that, for all its power and pomp, the presidency is still just a job, and our federal government is a human enterprise like any other. And the men and women who work in the White House experience the same daily mix of satisfaction, disappointment, office friction, screw-ups, and small triumphs as the rest of their fellow citizens. Finally, I wanted to tell a more personal story that might inspire young people considering a life of public service. How my career in politics really started with a search for a place to fit in, a way to explain the different strands of my mixed-up heritage, and how it was only by hitching my wagon to something larger than myself that I was ultimately able to locate a community and purpose for my life. I figured I could do all that in maybe 500 pages. I expect it to be done in a year. It's fair to say that the writing process didn't go exactly as I'd planned. Despite my best intentions, the book kept growing in length and scope. The reason why I eventually decided to break it into two volumes. I am painfully aware that a more gifted writer could have found a way to tell the same story with greater brevity. After all, my home office in the White House sat right next to the Lincoln bedroom where a signed copy of the 272-word Gettysburg Address rests beneath a glass case. But each time I sat down to write, whether it was to describe the early phases of my campaign, or my administration's handling of the financial crisis, or negotiations with the Russians on nuclear arms control, or the forces that led to the Arab Spring, I found my mind resisting a simple, linear narrative. Often, I felt obliged to provide context for the decisions I and others had made, and I didn't want to relegate that background to footnotes or endnotes. I hate footnotes and endnotes. 
I discovered that I couldn't always explain my motivations just by referencing reams of economic data or recalling an exhaustive Oval Office briefing, for they'd been shaped by a conversation I'd had with a stranger on the campaign trail, a visit to a military hospital, or a childhood lesson I'd received years earlier from my mother. Repeatedly, my memories would toss up seemingly incidental details, trying to find a discreet location to grab an evening smoke, my staff and I having a laugh while playing cards aboard Air Force One that captured, in a way the public record never could, my lived experience during the eight years I spent in the White House. 